sometimes you touch it and it's like Arr! It's December 14, 2022. This is Rare Encounter, encounter number 126. And looking from a high place, I'm Abel Kirby. And deep in your mum's lore, I'm Cold Acid. <laughs> Man, I can't tell you how good it feels to be back. It's been too long, Man, buddy. Man, it is, it is nice uh, when my connection isn't being a huge steaming shit. Mm. I, uh, I appreciate, and I want to start off by uh, thanking... Lavish for filling in. Uh, we had some technical problems last week, and uh, Lavish was available for a very short notice uh, podcast. Thank you, Lavish. And so uh, I uh, just want to thank him for that right off the bat. And but I think he's things, the true MVP. He is. He has kept us going in our darkest day, uh, which was actually the day when the D Slam died. That song by Don McLean would have been very different if it was about the day the D Slam died. Um, my, my, my connection is fried. <laughs> Rare encounter someday later. Okay. We have uh, all kinds of stuff to talk about, but I want to catch up. We're like a whole week out of sync. We are. And I had so much neat shit to talk about last week. Oh, yeah. That had to be put off to this week. Yeah. Uh, and just... some of which will likely end up being scratched because, well, we will end up like an hour and a half <laughs> into into the show for an hour-long show, and then we're going to be like, oh, we can't fit any more in. Ugh, I can't fit in. That's what she said. That's what she said, absolutely. We have uh, some stuff coming up. I, I'm going to do a quick rundown while we crack open some beers. So I got my... Well, I'm cracking open a beer. I don't know. It's yet to find out what Cold Acid has, but I've got some Ohio license plate news. I've got some, so actually some great Apple news. There's some Apple news that's been circulating, and uh, I have this groundbreaking Apple news uh, that we can discuss. Uh, it's, it's I think, a uh, breaking story. I don't think you've heard this on another Tim's podcast. Tim's going to be pissed. Yeah, it's some pretty good groundbreaking Apple news. Uh, we got some vegetable news, um, DNS news. I, I, I don't have a lot to contribute. I really want to just pick your brain on that. Um, we got some airplane stuff. I have a lot of old tech news. Planes, trains, and the pussy snatcher. All right, and tech news. So, um, what do you? Yeah, what what was your drink? Old by tech the way, news. Uh, it's carbonated and it's guava flavored. You know what that means? Haritos. See, see, senor, haritos. The wonderful Haritos. We should get a sponsorship with them. Then Benrose would kick us off the stream, but uh, it could be like a crypto sponsorship. We won't let them know. Yeah, they'll sponsor us just like PBR will sponsor uh, John. <laughs> yes. Well, we've got some... Oh, uh, I see what you're saying. we got some stuff to talk about here. I want to do a little housekeeping first. We had some boosts in before the show. Uh, do you get any PayPal uh, stuff before the show to talk about? Uh, we got a PayPal donation for last week's show, oh. last week. I don't know if you read it off or not, because I, I did send it to you while I was at work. Yes, I do believe that that was on the last show. Uh, I had the PayPal from uh, Byron Giant. Yep. And uh, yep. just real quick, we were playing some music at the start of the show. It was mostly Cold Acid. Uh, you DJed. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I, can, I can pull that off pretty well when I make sure to keep my mic muted. Yeah, it's uh, uh, nobody wants to hear me. It's a great treat for me because I got to 
Um, I got to actually do notes instead of trying to do a DJ set, which is, I'm always behind for Rare Encounter. But uh, during that, there were some boosts that came in. We got 3,333 sats from Partisan Knight Slut, uh, who was just on Bulls with Buds uh, with Spencer. He says, still at work, and I haven't had a chance to hear it yet, but it'll be worth it. And I think he's referring to uh, that session I did with Lavish. Um, we also had 88, 88 sats from Carolyn saying, boost for the tunes while I heat some soup. And 69, 69 sats from Spencer. Uh, just at the, just before we went live here, uh, well, just before we went into the recording, uh, kicking some ass and boosting from class. Break a leg tonight, fellas. So, hey, we got people cheering. Hold on, cheering did you say tonight. 69, 69? Yeah. Dudes. Dudes. That That's my guitar impression. <laughs> It's well, also, you know what that you know what that adds up to, right? That adds up to Carolyn Blaney is once again our executive producer. Yeah, thanks, Carolyn. Yay! <laughs> Woohoo! Um, I'll do a quick rundown at the beginning. I was thinking to push this later in the show. Um, just by the way, I, I had this idea to push some of this stuff into the middle of the show instead of right at the beginning. But today we'll do the rundown. With this is Rare Encounter, the Rare Encounter program at rareencounter.net. You can listen to the show uh, live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm Abel Kirby. This is my co-host, Cold Acid. Yo! And we do um, all kinds of stuff. You'll you'll enjoy this podcast, I think. Uh, you can also send us value back if you do enjoy it. Just decide how much you think is worth you, and you can send us a Boostagram or a PayPal uh, we love and it. Even if you don't enjoy it, send us anyway. <laughs> and send it, us boost telling you, telling us how much you didn't like the show. But or send us PayPal donations to encourage us to, <laughs> I don't know, keep podcasting. Well, this is anyways. This is a what we we call the value for values uh, podcast model. So what it means is that uh, we don't charge anything to listen. You can listen all you want, uh, but if you think it's funny or you, you enjoy it, oh, uh, you know, you can think of us. Anyway, uh, we got to move on to some stuff. I got local news. Local news? Local news. We got Ohio license plate news. Sweet. So the weirdo cat lovers of Cleveland may get their own Ohio license plate. The who? The weirdo cat lovers of Cleveland. This is an interesting sounding organization. <laughs> Tell me more. Duh, this is an organization called Weirdo Cat Lovers of Cleveland uh, trying to get a license plate. Um, and, you know, the... The it's not quite a vanity plate, but there's styled license plates that you can get. Ohio has a couple different styles. They're actually Ohio changes their style often. Uh, the current one, the one that I have, is one of the Wright brothers uh, planes, but there's also the the white one with the orange. Uh, with uh, I guess it's like a red kind of triangle at the top. Uh, but there's always a bunch of different styles. If you go to any other state too, you'll see. Oh, it's the uh, a license plate styled after this particular lake, or it's the um, Save the Animals one. You know, there's there's all kinds of interest groups who can get license plates um, approved that sort of advertise their cause. And this has been the rage uh, in the states for a little while now. So, and do you have anything you, like you that? You guys learned it. You guys learned it from us, where we started providing the option for people to not have a crown on their license plate, but instead have, say, like. The Toronto Maple Leafs logo, or the Senators logo, or a poppy if they're a veteran, or or like the Raptors logo. Yeah, it's something because you know our our plates. We've got like we've got like one block of lettered numbers, the crown, and then another block of uh, letters and numbers. So make this... up the plates here in Ontario, and and in fact across most of Canada. And yeah, this started being a thing where 
where instead of having the crown there, the provinces would say, hey, you want to have a customized license plate? We'll, we'll let you choose from this set of logos to use instead. Mm. Usually sports team logos or a few other a few other special ones that are only available to people who meet certain conditions, such as, as I said, the poppy for those who are veterans of the Canadian forces. So this weirdo Cat Lovers of Cleveland is a 501c3 nonprofit. It looks like they do animal, um, you know, veterinary bill assistance and they spay and neuter cats. So it's a it's a nonprofit organization that's uh, getting the chance to be promoted on a license plate uh, if you choose to have a uh, uh, one of these plates, which you do have to pay extra for in most cases. Yeah, that's always the case for uh, for customer vanity plates. So what this has opened my eyes to is the fact that you can petition to get your organization on a license plate in Ohio. And I, for some reason, I thought that those were just decided from on high. I thought there was maybe a, uh, a committee or someone at the BMV who just decided that these are the, this is the slate of plates that you're allowed to choose from. Um, but I've just been opened, opened my eyes to the fact that you can actually propose a bill <laughs> That'll include these things. So, but that's it. I have the picture funny that it has to be that it has to be like a bill to do that. I believe up here, it's just uh, there's this regulation that uh, the uh, the provincial executive committee can can make given the given the powers given to them by the different actual acts of legislature. Mm. There's been a couple good slogans. I think the uh, New Hampshire license plate uh, where I used to live had live free or die written on it. That was a pretty good one. Uh, the state motto. Uh, yeah. If you go to D.C., the District yeah, of Columbia, uh, Washington, not Washington State, but Washington, D.C., and D.C. stands for the capital, <laughs> as they say. Uh, their license plate says taxation without representation because they're, they are a uh, city that doesn't get full representation in uh the legislative branch of the government so the uh if thing if things were done right <laughs> district of columbia would be nothing more than like the capitol buildings and other federal government facilities and nobody would actually live in dc they would live in one of the neighboring states but nope that's not how things went no I've spoken to a couple people from Maryland who didn't realize until they were in their 20s that D.C. was not just a city in Maryland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess the the uh, education around there leaves something to be desired, maybe? Uh, I think I think education leaves something to des be desired everywhere. Yep. The other interesting part about it is the District of Columbia used to be larger. If you look at it, it has a weird shape. Uh, at one point, I think it was mostly rectangular because you had the... No, it was completely rectangular. It was a 10 by 10 mile rectangle. And it was... And then part of it was given back because the federal government wasn't using it. Yeah, so it used to span both sides of the Potomac, and now it's just the north side of the Potomac. Uh, so it would have taken over where Arlington is uh, now, but... Ah, well. So it goes. I feel like we've recounted these sorts of trivial facts on here before, so... Uh, I don't... I'll tell you what. I don't know if we've recounted these particular trivial facts, but we've definitely recounted a lot of trivial facts on this show. <laughs> I could say that the traffic in DC was not that bad when I was down there, but I, as 
more and more things started opening up um, in the later part of 2020 and the traffic started getting worse and worse. Suddenly I found myself in um, uh, backed up on highways, you know, waiting to get off on exits and it started getting really, really bad. I said, oh man, this is terrible. And then I heard a report that said, traffic is now up to one third of what it used to be. <laughs> and, and I... I remember hearing that on the radio as I was in traffic, looking around, saying, oh, my God, this must have been terrible before. But I'll tell you what, it was nice to be able to drive around with expired license plates, no registration, and no one bothered you for a year. And, yeah, uh, that was uh, that was pretty neat. It makes you wonder why now, you, you know, register you know any, they, anything. You know what they should have done with the part of, uh, of D.C. that was given back to Virginia? Burn it down? They should have kept it separate, but... <laughs> But renamed it to AC. <laughs> uh, sorry, so you'd DC have girl. Washington AC and Washington DC. Yes. Uh, yeah, that would be uh, pretty good. Uh, that you could get thunderstruck. Well, no, actually, what would it be? Listen to the money. That would be a better AC DC song. <laughs> money talks. Money talks. Money talks. Well, we had. Uh, It'd be good, dynamite. It would be TNT. dynamite. Yeah. I don't know. I think we need to get back on black here. We. <laughs> what? I got vegetable news for you. This is some local. Okay. This one's actually international news. I think this is the case in uh, in uh, Canada also. Salad prices. It is a case in Canada also. If it's the article, I think you're talking about. Yeah, this is a Daily Mail article about salad. Salad costing 40% more, and it gives a couple of reasons, which they say it's mostly about Arizona being plagued by drought. Okay, so some of those I'm sure are um, good explanations. One of the things that I keep going back to is I, it's hard for me to test if the, if the reported reasons for why there's a salad shortage are the true reasons or not. For example, if they pr propose some idea of why salad was more expensive and it was the wrong idea, how would I know? And uh, so there's there's my uncertainty about this. I, maybe I'm just being over skeptical with it, but I mean the the reasons I, they I give. I would understand a drought in California more than one in Arizona because I don't think anybody thinks of Arizona as a farming place. They think of it as a hot desert that old people go to to avoid dying for another few years. Well, they do have farms there. Apparently, and there's, now it does say it does say that California has also been impacted by the drought. I, I but just, yeah, again, the just the idea of Arizona having crops instead of just old people and sand. What? You know, it's just for somebody from up here, it's just you know, kind kind of weird to think of it that way. You know, Arizona has some really beautiful places in there that I think you would find surprising if you get up north to like Flagstaff. There's some uh, really temperate areas. Like it'll be uh, keep keep decent uh, and, low and temperature I'm sure, swings. And right? I'm sure I'm sure that not all the old people are wrinkly and falling apart. I'm, I bet there's a bunch of gilfs in the state as well. <laughs> gilfs in the state. We got gilfs in the state. Put it in chaos again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that gilfs the you know. Cold acid. You were you were talking about the Raptors, right? You know what my favorite basketball team is? Who? The Arizona Gilfs. Son of a bitch! No, no. Flagstaff is a great place. I like Flagstaff. Um, I get to visit there for about a week and hang around and uh, 
very very scenic and the honestly though, swings I, I'm fine. the sort of person I'm the sort of person who like dies of the heat in Florida in October <laughs> well, right I I can I cannot imagine myself being able to survive for more than a day or two in Arizona hmm well, I don't know. I think you should look at fl- the Flagstaff Dude, area. The only, reason, the only reason I've been able to survive my visits to L.A. for Anime Expo is because of air conditioning. Like, Flagstaff, Arizona. I, I, actually, I actually bought a week bus pass uh, one of the years that I went so that I could take the bus for, like, the mile it t- from, uh, from where I was staying to the convention center. Because it was because I wouldn't be able to survive walking for 15 minutes without melting onto the piss-soaked sidewalks. Well, I I'm looking at the average temperatures for Flagstaff. There's a in July and there's a pretty big swing, but it's like the average temperature is 66 Fahrenheit. That's like 18, 19 Celsius. Seriously? Okay. Seriously. Maybe, maybe I could survive in I, Flagstaff. I've been trying to tell you this. It's not what you think it is. It's really temperate. I mean, it gets up. To, I think it gets up to the 80s in the summer. But you're talking about June. The uh, high in June is is 79 degrees. Not even 80, right? August September is dude, 74 degrees. Dude, it's pretty good. You know, you know what the hottest I get. You know what the hottest I allow this house to ever to be. What? 74, and that's in winter. <laughs> it's what 23 Celsius. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, yeah. Fuck 80. Fuck 80 and fuck everything over 80. <laughs> and not in the fun way. Yeah, not in the guilty way. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so this story about this story about salad is under the heading the vegetable will foreclose on you because salad yes, prices are I, up. <laughs> damn it. I wanted to mention that for and and say that out because I saw that in your notes. I'm like, oh, I love this. Yeah, that's pretty good. So the um, the story is it's up 40%, and I've noticed this because when I was in Canada, I tried to buy salad, and it was hard to buy salad. In fact, a restaurant that I went to didn't have any. They actually said, we're out of salad. Uh, you can buy a hamburger, but there's no lettuce on top of it. Um, I actually took some well, shopping you know around what? to you find it. You don't make friends with salad anyways, so... <laughs> It's all good. Well, you hate making salad, is what I what I like to say. And just to I, be, I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind making salad. I just won't toss it. Okay. Well, I got some slap chop. I that line has been on my mind a lot lately. You hate making salad. You hate making salad. That's why you don't have any salad in your diet. You hate making salad. You do you ever see that slap chop infomercial? Yeah, of course I've seen slap chop. Well, commercials. I, I got a little clip for it. I, I thought it'd be fun to bring to the show. You love salad, you hate making it. Take the stringy celery, take the carrots, salad. I love salad. pizza too, but once in a while, get the veggies in. Mm. At least throw it on top of the pizza. This tuna looks boring. Stop wow. having a boring tuna, stop having a boring life. Here's a hard-boiled egg. One chop, you add the pickle, you add the green onion. And then what you can do, you can mix things together. You can add the ham, you don't have time to make breakfast. You're gonna have an exciting life now. <laughs> it's that guy, <laughs> Vince was great. You remember, sla- you remember the Slap Chop Wrap? The Slap Chop Wrap, yeah, I think I... I Remember that uh, there are a number of remixes. I think the slap chop rap my nuts. was. You're gonna love my nuts. It was awesome. Uh, then of course Vince uh, went to jail uh, with uh, after biting a hooker's tongue or something to that effect. 
Very Something like that. Her tongue or her tits, I don't know. I yeah. don't remember. Let's see. Um, it's why you don't have any salad in your diet. I think the prices have gone back down because I've been shopping for salad here in Ohio, and I was able to find some that was not severely marked up. It was a little higher than I expect, but I can't blame that on a drought. It, it seems like it's a little pricier, but so is everything in the grocery store. So, I'm, Well, uh, yeah, I mean inflation is uh, is pretty hardcore mm. right now well not as bad as it was in the 80s <laughs> we got that going for us the inflation rate isn't as bad as it was like during that inflationary period uh in the uh in the 80s mm. it still sucks ass but i mean at least we're not in like double digits anymore it's surprised here. It's surprising to me, and probably only because I'm naive, how easily people will swallow and repeat just bad analysis, like um, some of these ideas about how, well, if you increase the money supply, if you print more dollars, then it doesn't devalue the dollars already out there, which isn't, which is never said exactly like that. But the implications in a lot of yeah. these well, reports, we're we're gonna we're gonna get out of economics and into politics but yeah i mean mm -hmm. this is what you get when you have like people with bullshit leftist theories of running countries and central banks is they think yeah we can we can just keep printing off money money printer goes burr and everybody will be rich and no that's not how it works how it works is if the supply increases like that then it's going to cause prices to go up because more money supply for the same amount of goods, right, means that for those goods, you can demand more money. Mm. Yeah, there's some interesting, maybe we should put together an economic discussion one time. I'd like to, I'd like to drill into some of these because I've heard some pretty interesting ideas about how, um, how there's sort, sorts of limits on... Um, inflation, where as long as it's below, and then the number cited is like 2%. Oh, if you keep it on 2%, then everything's stable. And you're looking at what is the propagation time from the money coming out of the printer to when it actually starts affecting things. There's some interesting things that can be observed. Um, now, now Serpent is saying something that, that has caught my eye. He says, economics with anime tips. <laughs> and Serpent, that already exists. It's called Mao Yusha. Economics with anime tits. Yeah, I guess uh, Spice and Wolf. She was she she didn't have big honkers. Yes, that was also that was also uh, a lot of uh, economics, but not with big anime titties. Yeah, Maoyu, on the other hand, that does have big anime titties. <laughs> well, we can we can sideline some of this and get back to it uh, some other day. I, Honestly, it, I wish I wish we could get more Maoyu, but. <laughs> I don't think Mamari Tono has actually published anything except maybe one last Log Horizon novel after he went to after he was found guilty of tax evasion. Jeez, those Japs of the tax evasion. It's just like Gynix. I was rewatching some <laughs> right. Evangelion. I was rewatching some Evangelion and there's just parts of the parts of the show where the frame rate drops to zero. 
And you you have to look at it and say, yeah, this is back when, if you if you look at it and you say, oh, this is right after they got fined for uh, uh, by the government for being too violent on TV. And then the next couple episodes, there's a bunch of slow parts where there's no animation. You say, oh, yeah, okay, that's because they had to pay the fine. And they were already over budget. And then they got nailed Dude, for tax evasion. They had to lay everyone off. And it's are you like, talking one guy about with Perry a pen. No, I'm talking about Evangelion. Oh, because, because yeah, uh, Karakano was apparently even more of that sort of thing <laughs> to the point where they pretty much took panels of the manga and put them on camera, and that was it for, like, multiple seconds. Mm. There, was a, there was a reason why, why the Karakano adaptation was reviled, <laughs> and it's because... Uh, Gainax was very clearly cutting corners because they were broke as fuck when doing it. Hmm. Well, I got, uh, let's see. I'm looking at my rundown. I got planes and trains. We could do those together. Um, but I, and I got the pussy snatcher, <laughs> but I think we could, uh, uh, before we talk about the pussy snatcher, how about we talk about pussies on a chip? Hey, let's do it. Yeah. So again, from daily mail, uh, apparently, we now have vagina on a chip. Mm, finally, something I can fuck. Okay, what's <laughs> what is the uh, what is the vagina on a chip again? So the vagina on a chip is exactly what it sounds like. It is vaginal cells inside a in, encapsulated in a silicon chip for testing. Huh. So you can test like uh different uh, different medicines for uh bacterial infections so you can have you can have yeasty chips and then see this, what oh what God. uh what bakes the bread best <laughs> this sounds why why would you do this uh because it's uh because it's easier than like finding women who will willingly mm, finally get, something uh, i can Get covered in yeast and bacteria for science. <laughs> yes, the um, some people are clipping me in real time. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, cotton gin. Stop it. I saw that. Don't that, stop it. That was pretty fast. Let me play. Uh, let me see. Uh, copy selected. I don't know. I'm not gonna play it. We'll play it after. <laughs> Let's see. Um, <laughs> da, 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 da. So, what do you do with the chip? Is there a pinout for the chip? Is there, if I open up cold acid, if I open up my Texas Instruments TTL data book, will I find it under V for vagina? Maybe. Does it have a, is it a 74 LN? Uh, tell me what this is. Can I no, get what? No, it's not. Does it come on a reel? Is there a pick and place machine? There Can might I, be pick and place machines for these. <laughs> what about wave solder? Can it go through wave solder? <laughs> probably not. That would oh. probably, that'd probably kill the cells. <laughs> Uh, just don't get them with J leads that defeats the purpose. Let's see. Yeah, the whole the whole idea is that this this chip with the with the vaginal cells in it helps replicate the well. Let's see. Let's read what this uh, what the article says here. Mm, Replicates the human vaginal tissue microenvironment, including its microbiome in vitro. So in other so in other words. It's uh, it's creating the sort of home that these cells would have in an actual vagina, so that they can experiment with them for determining how to deal with 
bacterial vaginosis? The fuck? Yeah, bacterial vaginosis. A condition where there is too much bacteria in the vagina. Okay. This is all just... I'm. Yeah, this is I'm something not that I this. just came across. I didn't read in advance. If I had read in advance, I wouldn't be bringing it up. <laughs> I just... Because, yeah, this is... This is not what I thought of when thinking of vaginas on a chip. Hmm. What were you thinking? Were you thinking... Let me play that clip. Were you thinking... Let's see. Oh, Cotton Gin gave me a bad MP3. Sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. You know, like, dead dove, do not eat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah, I didn't... I... <laughs> so what other body parts can we put on chips, okay? I gotta get this going, right? We're not doing the comedy bit that, uh, that the audience I deserves. Bet that, uh, I can bet I... that with this in place, you can probably do the same with uh, plenty of other organ tissue i mean can i get a penis on a chip okay uh probably the spongy penile tissue yes uh liver on a chip probably although i know that you can already get liver on a chip in the appropriate restaurant somewhere in britain liver on a chip would you like onions? some liver and chips governor i mean are we just putting electrical leads on everything can we just pick out random shit i put- don't think there's any actual uh electric leads in it it's more like the chip is packaging the cells not any sort of electronics it's not an electronic vagina it's still it's still <laughs> organic tissue <laughs> okay somehow i'm disappointed I think I'm actually disappointed in this story. I, I am a little disappointed, too. I mean, I was thinking, like, you know, fuckable processors. And no, that's not it at all. Well, I've got a story. This maybe fits right in. This is a headline. I'm just going to read it. Passengers kicked off flight for saying penis. Think penalty too stiff. hi Two men say they were having a ball when they were getting off the plane with much rowdier passengers. Uh, the, uh... Flight attendants kicked them off a particular flight um, at uh, Flint Bishop International Airport, and the uh, father-in-law and and, a, and son made up the uh, the people making these. Um, a father-in-law and son duo claimed the things came to a head after the flight crew lumped them in with a couple of combative, intoxicated passengers. Interesting. So, this is a stupid story. I just thought the headline was funny. I give props for good headlines, uh, even if it's uh, Jalopnik, which is where this story I was mean, from. Yeah, but I mean, like, all they all they were doing was playing the penis game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the harm in that? <laughs> that is a dangerous game. Cold Acid, we're not going to play and, your dangerous they were, game They here. were thrust from their flight for it. They were thrust from the flight. Well, we have... Uh, one other story. Maybe this goes with it. I'm trying to segue out of this bullshit. I've got some trains. They go with the planes. How about automobiles? No, I've got to talk about automobiles. All right, I'll do, let me do the trains and you do the automobiles, okay? Sounds like a plan. All right, I was watching Toonami, uh, a recording of Toonami from like the 90s, uh, early 2000s, and it had all the commercials inside. So it was like Dragon Ball Z and... Uh, some other things in the first commercial break came on and it had a commercial for lots and lots of trains. And I wanted to ask you if you were aware of lots and lots of trains. No, lots and lots of trains was a direct to video series. Um, It was part of these direct to video. I I think they had 
planes, trains, and automobiles kinds of, not the movie, but like video of B-roll of construction sites that they market oh, to children. Cool. So they had basically collections of videos of trains that you could buy through mail order. So you could do a, I don't know if they did COD, but they did mail order VHS train videos. And they would advertise them on TV. It was lots and lots of trains. And I got a little clip of the commercial because I think you'd enjoy it. You ready? I'm ready. Here it is. Lots and lots of trains coming right up. Here they come, clickety-clack down the track. It's lots and lots of trains. Two of the greatest train videos we've ever offered. And now through this special TV offer, you get two videos for the price of one. You'll get big trains, little trains, steam trains, diesel freight and passenger trains, even trains that blow through snow, old trains, new trains, fast trains, slow trains, smoking trains, even trains from around the world, plus toy trains, trolley trains, and much, much more when you order lots and lots of trains. <laughs> Hear the whistle blow. Feel the heat. Smell the smoke as these titans of the tracks thunder on by. You'll love lots and lots of trains. Yeah, finally, something I can fuck. Exactly. Lots and lots of trains. <laughs> lots and lots of trains. Big trains, small trains, skinny trains, hot trains. All kinds of trains. They got every kind of train. Sexy trains. Sexy trains. <laughs> they got the gilf train, man. We got these uh, trains, videos of trains driving sexily into tunnels. Suggestively, even. You know, that makes... I'm gonna come. <laughs> Put it in chaos again. Our country is being destroyed. That's what's happening. Yeah. With these trains, man. So that was it. Uh, I, I remember these series of videos. It wasn't just trains. They had a bunch of other ones. Uh, the one that I remember the most is construction sites, where it's just videos of them building buildings. It's earth movers. You know, it's bulldozers. It's paving roads. It's just B-roll on a videotape with music in the background. Uh, and we had a couple of these when I was a kid. We'd watch them on VHS, rewind them, and watch them again. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. All right. Well, time for time for automobiles. Okay. So Monday, I find, remember back in July, I had the hydroplaning incident, right? Hydroplaning, yes. Yeah. And so finally, on Monday, I was able to put the car in for repairs. Okay. Right? It's like some, like, six months later, essentially, because everything is stupidly backed up. And they, I, through my insurance, I get a, I get a loaner car for, for the time that my rogue is in the shop. Mm-hmm. And what I got is a Hyundai Kona. A Kona? And this thing, and this thing handles like a drunk chick at a frat party. <laughs> Ah, uh, so it's a stick shift. I don't exactly know what that means, but it's not good. <laughs> it's a stick shift. That's what it means. No, it's but it's not a CVT. It's a traditional tran- uh, automatic transmission, but the transmission is kind of janky. It, like, double shifts when you go from zero to just 50 kilometers or, like, 20, 30 miles, right? Yep. It It jitters... Like, the transmission jitters if you're going, like, slow, like, under 40 kilometers. So it's, like, shaking the whole way because it doesn't know if it should be shifting gears or not. Uh, the steering is wobbly. So, like, you turn a little bit and the vehicle turns a lot more than you'd expect for the input that you put into it. And then the the pedal, the pedal profiles 
are all wrong as well. Like, there's this huge dead zone for the break, and then suddenly it's, like, hard and then and then softens up as you push further, right? And the gas pedal is just, you know, it's like... It's like sometimes, sometimes you touch it and it's like... And other times it's like you're slamming down on it just to go, like, another five kilometers faster. Uh, you know, the steering thing, you said the steering is a little wobbly. I think that's a feature. It makes you, it makes you really good at dodging bullets. Cause you know, unlike other cars, you can just let go of the steer. You could drive, you know, try and drive in a straight line and it auto jitters for you. Like it auto changes lanes. Now it doesn't. Yeah. I don't need that. Hopefully, I don't need that. Hopefully there's a lane if next I to you. If I wanted to drive desert bus, I would install it on my computer and play it. For the fucking whole, like, 16 hours it takes to get to Las Vegas and back (laughs) in-game. So long as I don't make any mistakes and need to be towed all the way back to the start. Right. In real time! And that would still be more enjoyable than the fucking Kona. Ah, the Kona. I need to see a picture. I want my rogue back. I want my rogue back. (laughs) It could also be that because it's a rental, it's just not being perfectly maintained but i mean like some of these issues have to be with the vehicle itself and not just like the condition of it the the transmission shifting is one that like really feels off maybe because maybe because i'm used to a cvt now but i mean i've driven regular uh, automatics as well and it wasn't that fucky hmm have you tried hydroplaning in it yet? No, and I'd rather not. It is a rental, not my own vehicle. Oh, I don't I mean, need more on my insurance to deal with. Oh, you could just beat it up and uh, hand it back in. They don't care. Yeah, they do. Oh, they do. They well, actually if- went around to check like all the scratch and everything before handing me the keys. So you don't have insurance on the rental? No, my my insurance does cover the rental. Well, there you but go. It would be another. It would be another claim on my insurance. Which would mean my rates would go up. No, I've been talking to this guy who works at the rental shop uh, in town, and and he told me that they he says once you get the full coverage on the rental, you can basically total it, and then come back and they'll give you another car the same day uh, if they have one, and then you can go and total that one as long as full coverage. You keep doing it, as long as you're not doing it on purpose. You know, they might ap- not have another one. They they only give out the uh, the ones with snow tires. If you if your actual vehicle has snow tires already and is on your insurance plan as having them, and if they don't if they don't get that information, then they charge you like seventeen bucks a day for having a vehicle with the snow tires. Mm, that sounds like a scam to me. I wouldn't put up with it. If it I does were sound you. like a fucking scam to me. <laughs> no, I I, I Fuck heard you, some Enterprise. Fuck you, Enterprise. Rent a car. Suck my dick. No, it's uh, one of the guys I was talking to was an enterprise guy. Though I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't dox him here. <laughs> yeah, but he he was telling me stories. He was telling me about people who would wreck the car, come back get another one, wreck that one, and come back and get another one, and uh, it was just walked away. Nothing happened. Well, no wonder, no wonder the vehicles seem to be in such uh, such shitty ways. Then. Yep, I know you're really doing a good job of preserving that vehicle just so someone else can wreck it. I say wreck it yourself. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, it is a clown world. It is. So, how about some more electronics? More electronics. You want to lead? 
Yeah, I've I've got a few things. First of all, we're gonna we're gonna bring back an old friend, Luma Field. Luma Field, Jeez, Yeah, that... because this first this first thing I came across is from Ken Sheriff's blog, and it's about reverse engineering a flip flop module from the nineteen sixties mm. using CT scans. Can, can I um, mention something first? Sure. Uh, Luma Field was uh, associated with this scanofthemonth.com website that we've been covering for a while. Um, yes, and I'm, I'm going to be bringing that up as well. Yep. In Good. fact, in my own notes, I mentioned this is not this is not scan of the month, but it uses the same tech. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Ken Sheriff, he's this guy who blogs about uh, who blogs about like processor technology and and like he's got stuff like about reverse engineering various processors. Uh, there was a post recently on his blog that I saw where it was about understanding the the microcode engine and the microcode ROM in the 8086 processor. But in this case, we're looking we're looking at a simple uh, flip-flop module. And for those for those who don't know, a flip-flop is a circuit that uh, gives you gives you a particular output until you send it a signal to flip what the output's going to be. Yeah, they come in all so varieties. These are, these are useful. These, yeah, they're useful for like storing bits of uh, of data because it's it's like an individual bit. Yeah, hey, pretty babe, much. You want to see my D flip flop? It it's, e- got a, it's got a bit. You want to see my D flip flop? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have the invert output. Okay, just. <laughs> Hold and still. So, yeah. So this he he he'd looked at a a simpler um, module from Motorola in the past, but the one that we're talking about here is more complex, where it's actually like got two rows of pins and stuff, and the layout is not something that you'd be able to pick up on just like a regular two D X ray, and so Luma Field offered to to do a scan of it with their CT scanner. And, well, there's some pictures of it. He actually went and made a, like, I think he made a model out of it from the from the scan details. There's neat pictures and stuff. It shows the transistors and everything that are in there, uh, resistors. So it was pretty neat coming across this. I mean, I don't get everything about, about this. I... I know just enough about about like the logic gates mm. to to hurt myself and <laughs> about the actual like electronics that make up logic gates I'm I'm quite a bit uh, less informed. Mm. But it's uh it's pretty neat. Is there a link for that? Oh, I see it. it just yeah. popped right in. Bloomfield flip-flop. That's pretty cool. 1960s cordwood flip-flop module. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's back when things were... Oh, I like how they have the vintage... Uh, what is this? Uh, test equipment. It looks awesome. With those big old buttons. <laughs> yeah. And the, the Nixie tubes. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm Man, liking these pictures. I, I've, seen, good. I've seen Nixie alarm clocks, and they look so neat. I would like to have something like that, a Nixie clock on, uh, on like my uh, dresser. Yep. Here we go. JK Flip Flop. A Q and an inverting and non-inverting output. A set and reset. Nice. Cool. It's just like Digital yeah. One class. Just like it. Yep. Hasn't changed. <laughs> you know, a lot of the 
Um, FPGA fabrics have flip-flops inside. That's how a lot of stuff's implement, implemented um, yeah, to this and, day. So it's still yeah, relevant. And in a processor, in a processor, your, your register array is essentially a whole bunch of flip-flops mm -hmm. and, uh, and data lines. Yep. Your register file, right? Because that, that flip-flop is essentially what's used to store individual bits of data, right? So a 32-bit a register would be like 32 flip-flops and, uh, and some additional wiring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now they're used along with LUTs. A lot of LUTs, slutty LUTs, and, uh, which are lookup tables. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, a lookup table is essentially, is essentially ROM or like just yep. hardwired input output so that's the kind of the building block of the fpga is flip-flops and let's yep cotton gin says i use flip-flops so i don't burn my feet at, <laughs> on sand at the beach you should use them so that you don't burn your feet on processors either which are essentially just sand with electric sand with lightning in them <laughs> now i blew I mean, up it's silicon right i did blow up my flip-flop stepped on a pop top <laughs> cut my heel had to cruise on back home but you know uh, what? I, do you know what was there? What was there? Booze in a blender. All right. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. Well, we have some podcasts to talk about. Um, oh, I was I was going to run down some more some more electronics. Uh, is it a different story? Is extension of this one? Yes, there there's two different stories here uh, for for electron for like processors. Uh, first one is prototype of the 68030 uh, processor. So when Motorola was designing the the 30, they actually built a prototype that ran at 1 megahertz out of TTL boards. Okay. Yeah. So there were some photos, there were some photos of this and I'm just including them. But yeah, the idea is like they actually, like, for those who don't know, TTL is transistor-transistor logic, and and it was what generally was used until we went to, like, a full-on uh, ICs for your for your transistors. Well, they, uh, TTL is still used. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm still really used. simplifying it there, but, uh, but yeah, TTL is, like, uh, the, the last uses I knew of them... Uh, at least for entertainment stuff, was boards inside older uh, pinball machines from the from like eighties and early nineties, mm -hmm. and then from there they went like with actual processors in them instead to control to control the game boards. Well, there's um, TTL still used uh there's different standards for it i think uh, i think five volt yeah. ttl is the most famous but they're still in any microcontroller you buy uh probably is 3.3 volt ttl these days but there's plenty of them that have five volt and uh, you can get little cmos you know to yeah uh, but a lot of that a lot of that now is like more just for glue logic i'm talking about like when entire systems were built just for i TTL, understand right I, I understand what you're saying yep yeah yeah, that gets pretty pretty rough. Um, some of those gates you can make with just resistors, um, and I think there there are some s 
systems that you can, and it's not efficient, it's not a great way to do it, but what you can't make is an inverting output. And so you can't make all of the logic gates, um, but I think with uh, just transistors, just like simple, um, you know, high gain, uh, like I'm trying to think of a number of one and I'm spacing on it, but uh, one of the projects that I got to do in a early digital lab just for extra credit, it was one of these things that we were doing because we were interested in it, was actually build up our own logic gates out of discrete components and then build flip-flops out of them and use them to store data. And so we actually came up with our own RAM that we built out of transistors and, you know, discrete parts. And we got to like so two funny, bits. It's funny that you say this <laughs> we because got, that actually leads quite nicely into the other electronics story that I was going to bring forward, which is the Monster 6502 a disintegrated circuit. In other words, somebody went and built a complete working transistor scale replica of the 6502 microprocessor. So almost every single transistor that was in the original 6502 is represented with a real distinct transistor package on this huge ass board. I like 12 by 15 inches, four layer circuit board with surface mounted components. And there, there are a couple, there were a couple, um, okay. It says here, 2,588 discrete end channel MOSFETs mm -hmm. and 630 on quad transistor array chips for, for cases where they they didn't have any choice because they couldn't find proper discrete ones for those for what those ones were actually doing in the 6502 and instead of instead of depletion mode mosfets uh for resistance this actually uses real resistors on the board mm. and interestingly and fun it has it has extra mosfets and LEDs so that you can see what the processor is doing while it runs. Yeah, I, I noticed that. Those big green lights are yeah. pretty nice. Now, it's it's slow. The original 6502 ran at about megahertz. This thing runs at 50 kilohertz. Yeah, I can imagine. Because everything's spaced so far out. Yeah. Not a lot of slack. But it's really neat. It's, defi it's definitely something that... Uh, that would be fun to hang on the wall as art and just have it like run through run through some like basic uh commodore 64 programs right or vic programs or any what have you right there's mm. something just something to make the blinking lights blink all day what kind of program would you run on it like it's got to do something um so, you, you know, you're at a dinner party, right? We're at Cold Acid's house. It's a dinner party. We look over at the wall and the blinking lights are going off. You have to have a good story behind it. Oh, you know what that one's doing? It's doing, you know, it's processing my weather station data. Um, what what could it possibly be doing? I don't know. Maybe the chat can help us. It's, uh, I don't know. It's it's mining Bitcoin. <laughs> it's torrenting head time. <laughs> yeah, it's torrenting it's head torrenting time. Head there we go. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right, we have a couple of podcasts to talk about. Uh, I just wanted to mention we had uh, right at the top we had abs in a six pack, uh, one hundred seventy five episode one hundred seventy five, Montauk and more. 
uh, which is the most recent one, though, is the Montauk Project, Oak Ridge, Portals to Other Realms, and uh, that sort of subject matter. But Abs in a Six-Pack coming up tonight at 8.30 p.m., which is uh, after Rare Encounter, they're doing Best of the G's with Hog Stories Carolyn. Woo! That'll be uh, Sir Seat Sitter and Carolyn uh, doing uh, something about G's. You've, have uh, you heard the these G. Best of the Alphabet series? G is for goose. <laughs> G is for goat. <laughs> G is for good job. G is for goddamn. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Speaking of uh, Carolyn, Hawk Story had episode 330, Golden Noises, and where they discussed video games and a lot of nostalgia stuff. A lot of old video games were discussed. And I wanted to put a, uh, throw my two cents in. I didn't get to call in for that show, uh, but I had it on my mind, the Neo Geo Pocket Color, because I used to have one of these. And uh, I think most of my family had one. My, my uh, brother and sisters had them. Too, so we had a couple of these floating around, and it was how a, many? How many batteries did it take? Two double A's. Not bad, not bad at all. No, and uh, it had a link cable capability, so you could trade. And I, I just wanted to mention the one game that they, they had a Sonic the Hedgehog game, which was um, maybe not too unusual. I think it was before Nintendo bought, or was it Sony bought? Someone bought the license from Sega when it imploded, but. Um, SNK, which makes the Neo Geo Pocket Color, made uh, some Sonic Advance Sonic games in the vein of Sonic Advance, uh, but it was different. It wasn't a port. It was an original game, um, mostly Sonic Two inspired. They also had a game called Biomotor Unitron, which I used Bio to play. Biomotor Unitron, which was a little bit of a dungeon crawler, turn-based battle uh, fighter. You know, you level up your guy, you buy new parts, you craft new. Basically, you craft arms. So you, it's a mecha game. You pilot your mecha, and then you upgrade the arms and legs and core and all this stuff to uh, unlock oh. new moves, more damage. and um, Then you can run around a dungeon, um, fight random encounters, and then try and get to the boss. And There's also a tournament uh, that you enter in town, and so you can go there and fight you know, the, uh, for the, the entry-level guys. And as you fight more and more people, the tournament gets harder and harder. You have to be higher and higher level to even compete. But it's just fantastic um, time sync when I was a kid. Uh, I, I'm not sure it holds up very well against some more sophisticated games out there, but it holds a special place in my heart. Also, it had this lady with tits, uh, and uh, I put a screenshot of her I, I'm, I'm, in I'm, my notes. You know, that big is the question. Uh, ladies without tits? Well, there's some uh, flatties out there, you know what I mean? The they still have tits just just because they're tiny and nothing but nipples, <laughs> and I hear that the smaller the breasts, the more sensitive they are. Oh, and the clo when you hold what was your other line? Gah, I'm sp I'm stepping on it. Um, just fucking anime. Like, let's see. When you hug a flat-chested girl, you're holding her closer to your heart. Was that it? <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I, I couldn't roll it out. Um, we gotta get all these old lines. We gotta. <laughs> no, I like it big. Let me tell you. Um, big <laughs> as the size of the Earth. Maybe not that big. All I need in life right now is a big titty yeah, anime bitch. Yeah. Uh, Nick the Rat is gonna have episode three hundred sixty-three or four. He's gonna have an episode tonight, uh, late tonight on. Uh, no agenda stream and it's a interview I hear with, it's pre-recorded it's a pre-recorded interview with fletcher of hog story 
Uh, I have some inside scoop. Uh, they discussed ghosts, flutes, and PO35. I don't know what PO35 ghosts is. Ghosts with flutes? Ghosts and flutes and some other things that who knows <laughs> what's going to happen. So you got to tune in for that. I don't think anyone's heard it yet. I just got the inside scoop on it because um, I asked Fletcher what he talked about. Um, the uh, Behind the Schemes had episode 130 earlier this week. Yes, no, and that adds up to something uh, something weird. The title... Given last, week, given last week's... Uh, Oh, uh, rear encounter. I'm sorry. It was uh, it was a this week's behind the schemes. I should correct myself, which was on Monday. Uh, the title Monday. is known unknown. We should really know. Thus, staffed in an earthen, stuffed in an earthen casserole. <laughs> what? I have no idea. But I know they were talking about some old recipes. I caught some of it live. Um, it sounded like some pretty good stuff. Uh, that's Boobery and Lavash on behind the schemes. Uh, Boobery actually, it was kind of cool to hear them doing a normal show. Uh, we were, we were <laughs> disrupted the same time they were disrupted. So, uh, I, I'm pretty, it was comfy to get back just like it's comfy to get back to things today. But I did want to point out something. I have some accounting because lavish of course covered, uh, for you on the, uh, rare encounter program last week. And I covered yep. for lavish on behind the schemes last week. And so, I think there's a transferal uh, transference of coverage here. I think that means that I covered for you on Rare Encounter. I don't know. I think what it means is that I need to cover for you on the next Ablecraft. <laughs> That'll be fun. Uh, we do have an Ablecraft coming up. Um, I just tease it. It might. I think it's the last episode of Ablecraft. We're doing a one-year retrospective, and uh, that'll be on Christmas Eve. Little little plug for that. Uh, the show the show has been winding down for a little while now, and uh, I think it's official. The word is out that uh, we're going to can it. But I'm I'm Better happy to end it on your own terms than uh, than be canceled by the network, right? Yep, and uh, it's going to be good. It's going to basically not that we've been really working on it, but it it opens up the door uh, for Spencer to to focus on some things uh, that he wants to, and me to uh, have an open slot that I could do something else with. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, but yeah, that'll be Christmas Eve. Um, we'll do Ablecraft. And I am trying to get a canned episode for Rare Encounter for that week, which I believe is the episode on the 28th, so two weeks from now. Um, have I spoken to you about this? I can't you remember. have not spoken to me about this. Yeah, I have a, a fellow that I want to interview, and I'm going to see if I can get an oh, interview in the yes, can. you did. Yeah. you did mention this when we were doing some uh, post-production for last week's episode. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can get a mic in front of him and uh, and talk to him. We'll see uh, if that happens. If not, we'll have to do something else. But uh, the the objective is to be able to take that last episode at the end of the week, at the end of the year off uh, and uh, relax a little yeah, bit. Yeah, kind, kind of like one of JCD's old interview episodes for when him and Adam are on break around, uh, around the Christmas time in past years. Yeah, I'm told there's some other... Uh, other podcasts who might be doing the same thing. I don't know. I I guess some people might want to celebrate that episode, but I, I, I really just want off. Uh, Grumpy Old Ben's had episode 205 earlier today. That was ban yep, all social they, media. They were picking on us a lot. <laughs> I heard some of it picking on us, man. What do they have to pick on? Although I, I was, to be fair, I was harassing Bemrose <laughs> back on No Agenda Social. Yeah, I heard you had some money for him. I didn't have any money for him. <laughs> 
Just, just complaints and smug. Yeah. So what's this? You can just ask to be on Grumpy Old Ben's in the middle of the show and try and connect. I didn't know that that that's how it worked. I think I think it's only allowed for Sir Gene. Well, I've got the answer. If anyone wants to um, say you're on IRC and you you have a question, hey, it's the middle of Rare Encounter, and uh, I just want to pop on and give my opinion about something. Um, I think the uh, we we have a pretty easy answer for that, which is hell no, absolutely not. You're not coming on the show in the middle of it. Uh, it doesn't matter. Alternatively, who you are. alternatively, if they ask in the chat, we might read it out and then mock them for it. Yeah. Um, I. We we are by the seat of our pants too often on this show. We can't add another uh, aspect to that by having unplanned guests. Jeez. Anyway, bowl after no, bowl, just planned guests. Uh, speak bowl after bowl had uh, episode two hundred twelve. I'm like all ass. That was out on Tuesday. Uh, fun show. That sounds People. like a smelly episode. Lloyd <laughs> and Spencer uh, and uh, their new wolf cub there uh, doing podcasts. Yeah. Uh, you should check it out. It's the only podcast where clothing is optional, but pot is not. So I've been told. Yeah, so I've been told. I've been on there, and I didn't have any pot, so so it might actually be optional despite what they say. Well, hmm, interesting. So if it's not an option, if it's not an option. I think, I think it's just if, if you have it, you need to have it, but if you don't have it, it's okay. But if they say – if if. If clothing is an option, but pot is not an option, does that mean that you can't have pot on bowl after bowl? Am I thinking too hard about this? I think this? what it means is that if you if you have pot on bowl after bowl, you got to smoke it. But if you don't have pot, then you're not allowed to smoke any. <laughs> okay. Yes. Does Put that make sense? Because I'm not country. sure if it does or not. Yeah. Put it in chaos again. That's what we'll have to do. Huh. <laughs> Last but not least, we have Dad's Anime Podcast, episode 94. They had the Pat Labor movie on the uh, Ship Poster Club uh, movie night. And unfortunately, I didn't get to watch that. Pat Labor's, I wish I did. Um, but Pat yeah, Labor's. It was, been the, on, it was like the classic late 80s one, too, wasn't it? It, it was a movie, and I believe. I've never seen any of it, but it, it's all the old guys always talk about it. That's what I remember. Uh, people talk about, oh, it's the best mecha show. You got to be into it, but it it was it was definitely a big on the real robot side of the scale. Mm. Uh, the title of that was Pat Labor the Movie Binge versus Weekly Watch Full Metal's Best Anime List Part Seven, and uh, you can check that out. That's Dad. It's Dad of uh, Ship Poster Club. And his anime podcast, where they discuss all the characters every time. Uh, also, it's, has Moon's in Japan? Yeah, Moon is in Japan. And Moon actually kind of made me jealous. Uh, <laughs> uh, because at one point he saw, like, what do you, like a gaggle of stewardesses. Of stewardesses? Like for the... Uh, yeah. Who worked like, for the airline uh, flight company? Flight attendants. Flight attendants. Yes, we used to call and them. And he was like, they were all cute, and I was like, "Damn it, I wish I could see that." <laughs> well, uh, we wish him the best. I hope he has some stories or something fun to report from that. Though I, uh, I don't want to dig too much into his personal life, but we do enjoy hearing from the Ship Poster Club guys. Uh, it's a uh, uh, pretty fantastic. They're fun people. Yeah, they are. Let's see. Uh, I think that's all my podcast rundown. Um, we could do, if there's any boost in the middle of the show, I think we have some that we could hit as we close out. Um, oh, what man. Do you wanna, what I, do you want to close out I haven't with? even gotten down to, 
gotten onto my like biggest thing for for this that it was going to be my big thing for last week's show okay i'm going to do the big news i have this is i have apple news exclusive apple news you haven't heard this all right apple let's news. get this apple news out of the way all right this is groundbreaking apple news uh you haven't heard this i know grumpy old ben's was trying to scoop us but they don't have this apple news uh it's also the most anticipated story of uh rare encounter i plugged it at the beginning and you're all getting ready to uh to hear it so get excited get hype uh Woo! now i'm a big apple fan by the way i enjoy a uh, lot of lot of different apples and uh this news is from the miami valley in west college corner indiana apple farm services will be expanding in west college corner you heard that right. Apple Farm Service, which, by the way, is a family-owned dealership for heavy equipment for farms, uh, opened their first location in 1956, and they're opening a new one in Indiana. They have a bunch of them in Ohio, by the way. So uh, there's your breaking Apple Farm Service news. Uh, now, Bill Apple uh, is, the uh, is I believe, the current owner, and his father, Henry Apple, was the founder. Uh, they, uh, they actually made the news with this. So this is why it's breaking news. Um, and that's what I have. That's, <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed that. All right. Cool. That's what you're breaking. That is, news. that is some good news. Congrats <laughs> to the Apple family for, for this new location. Yep. Farm service. It's a farm service business. You all kinds of cool stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. Going back to my big news. Uh, so not this past weekend, but the weekend before the weekend on which my connection problems began. I was at World of Commodore. Yes! And this is something, yeah, and this is something that, that I like to do every year. It's always the first weekend of December that it, that it happens. And the last, last year was in person and online, but I didn't know that, so I didn't attend it. Uh, 2020, because of the whole, because of the whole COOF thing, was only virtual and I, I oh, don't attend terrible. virtual events. Good man. Right? Especially since you can't get swag at them and loot. Good man. And don't do it. boy, did I get loot. There's there's going to be pictures. I already posted <laughs> pictures uh, back back when I came home from, from it on No Agenda Social of the stuff that I brought home. But yeah, I got, uh, I got the... I got a bunch of games, a bunch of old magazines from back then, including one issue where the cover story is cyber sex. And, nice. Well, I'm gonna have to. Oh I'm yes. To, yeah, I'm gonna have to scan this article in, dude. I'm gonna have to read this article, scan it in, because we're gonna have to discuss it at some point. Oh, I, but I also got. I also got some <laughs> games and and booklets for games that uh, that I've played in the past on on the Commodore 64 at yes. least. And one game that I had never seen before, but turns out to be the first game developed by this studio, uh, <laughs> Raven, Raven Software. I love Raven These Software. These days is, yeah, they're best known for COD, right? But they had also done like Star Trek Elite Force. Yes, that's great one. Yeah, but the first game they did is this game called Black Crypt. And it was a dungeon crawler in the in the style of like Eye of the Beholder or Dungeon mm -hmm. Master, and it's the only game they released for the Amiga. Mm. So I pick I picked this up because it's like wow this is this is a piece of history, and there it so it turns out like yeah Raven really started off as like an RPG 
type of of company because i mean first was this and then they had like shadow caster and then heretic and hexen, hexen. games after yeah. that right and these are all games where it's very much like role-playing oriented even though like the shadow caster and beyond were like of the first person shooter style yeah before activision right. bought them and just put them in the call of duty mines and, you know as slaves to yeah shovel call of duty out every year for for the yeah. until they die but ah. yeah it was it was pretty neat there was some other neat stuff that was that was discussed there for example c64 os there's also a special guest uh david pleasance who was the who is the marketing director and later i believe general manager of commodore uk and has become a historian of of the of the Amiga since those days. Uh, there is also there's also being aired in the in like the shop room uh, demos from the Transmission 64 demo party, and I may have been seen on the live stream for the demo party because one of the one of the coordinators was there at world of commodore uh twitch streaming on site hmm. and then also there there's some other neat things that i heard about while i was there somebody's created a uh, fpga replacement for the vic 2 chip from the commodore 64 and so looking into that of course the mini mig so yeah, these things are these things like it's a lot of fun for me going to this, you know. It looked like a fun conference. I like the pictures that you it, posted it on that. Yeah, you you were like, "Where is this? Why am I not there?" <laughs> well, now you know what to do. Get up here for the for the first weekend of December next year, and we are going to go retro tech spelunking. Ooh yeah, goofy! I'll bring my satin pants. We have some boostograms for. <laughs> the uh, end of the show. Uh, coming in during yep. the show, we had 8888 sats from Carolyn saying, lots and lots of trades. Choo-choo! We also had 17,776 sats from Boobery. The biggest boost of the night says uh, a, a couple instructions. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Are you ready for these instructions? All right, okay. Step one, open bag of chips from bottom. Yeah, that's a good good technique, boobs. You're right on track. You open it from the bottom. That way the flavor stays with the chips. Step two, lay down. Step three, place chip on lips. Step four, sit on my face. Step five, tell me that you love me. Tell me that you love me. Well, do you love me or do you just love chipping me? That's what you have to ask. After someone asks you to do that... You never know. And they're chipping people these days for sure. Yep. Chipping them like dogs or crazy cats. But until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Stay fruity, boys. Adios. I had a good woman. But she laid down, honey, and died.